The important ideas of this section are the relationships between the wave parameters, such as frequency, period, wavelength, speed, and phase. The first of those relationships is equation 1.1 of section 1.2, and it simply says that frequency is inversely proportional to the wave period, that is F is equal to 1 over capital T, means that large frequency, that is a high frequency wave, has a short period, and a low frequency wave has a long wave period. The next relationship is extremely important. That's why it's not only an equation, 1.2, it's also a figure. We did that so-called expanded equation just to make sure you realize that this multiplication of wavelength times frequency to give wave speed in equation 1.2 is extremely important. This is so important that some authors call this the wave equation, although we like to reserve those words for the second order partial differential equation that you're going to meet in chapter 2. But this is a wave equation that is extremely important, and it simply tells you that for a given wave speed, if you have a higher frequency wave, it must have a shorter wavelength than a lower frequency wave traveling at the same speed. That's because the product of wavelength lambda times frequency f must always equal the wave speed. Now, different types of waves have different speeds, but in any given medium, any given type of wave will have a certain speed, and once you know that speed, you can find the frequency if you know the wavelength, or you can find the wavelength if you know the frequency, simply using equation 1.2. The next relationship in this section concerns angular frequency. That is, frequency expressed in radians per second rather than cycles per second, or just per second. Since you know that there are 2 pi radians in one cycle, it should make sense to you that equation 1.3 says that omega, the angular frequency, is simply 2 pi times f, the linear frequency. So of course if you have a higher frequency f, you have a higher angular frequency omega. Omega is particularly useful if you want to know the phase change in a wave over time. Now remember, there are a couple different ways you can change the phase of a wave. You can stay in one place and wait. As the wave washes over you, the phase of the wave will change with time. Or, at a given instant in time, you can look at different locations and the wave phase will be different at those locations. What omega is helpful with is to find the phase change due to time passage. That's where equation 1.4 comes in. It says that the change in phase, delta phi, at constant x, Remember, in a one-dimensional wave, x means position, and this is, therefore, at a given position. To find the change in phase over time, you simply multiply the angular frequency, omega, times the time, delta t. So that's one reason you can think of omega as a time-to-phase converter. If you multiply omega by a given amount of time, you get the phase change due only to the passage of time over that time interval. That's what equation 1.4 tells you. And the last relationship in this section concerns wave number, which is the spatial equivalent of the angular frequency omega. This is the wave number k, which is related to wavelength by equation 1.5. k is equal to 2 pi over lambda, and in the same way that you can use omega to turn a time interval delta t into a phase change delta phi, you can use k to turn a distance interval delta x into a phase change delta phi at constant time. So that's what equation 1.6 is all about. To find the phase change at a given instant in time, due to looking at different locations along the wave, you simply multiply the wave number k times delta x, the distance. Thus, just as omega is a time-to-phase converter, you can think of k, the wave number, as a distance-to-phase converter. 
With these relationships in hand, you're almost ready to get on to wave functions, but we think a little review of complex numbers and vectors is really helpful before you do that, so the next section is all about vectors.